0: But where are you really from?
1: But where are you really from? Hey everyone, I'm Angela Lynn.
0: And I'm Jessie Lynn and welcome back to another episode of But Where Are You Really From?
1: Happy Halloween, y'all. It's Halloween weekend, as you can tell by Jessie's fantastical costuming over there. Um, last year we did our first ever scary stories themed episode, and you guys seem to like it quite a bit. So we are bringing it back this year. And once again, we have found stories from Reddit that are centered in Asia, somewhere in Asia, and we're going to each tell one story and react to it. So Jesse, you can go ahead and tell your story first.
0: My father is friends with a shaman. We live in Taiwan, by the way. Taiwan is a very suspicious country, which is why shamans are so popular. Some people are frauds, but this one's the real deal. We'll call him Mr. Shen, which is not his real name, of course. He's allegedly famous in his line of work and has extensive police connections, mostly because the police occasionally seek him for advice when encountering a cold case that they cannot solve. So this is a story told from Mr. Shen's perspective. This happened decades ago back when I was working in Tainan. I had a shop set up near Yonghua Temple where I would receive clients that needed my assistance with the supernatural. It was one stormy night when I was about to close a shop for the day. A disheveled young man in a yellow raincoat stumbled into my shop, clearly distraught. Are you all right? I asked gently, pouring a cup of warm tea and handing it to the young man. He grabbed the cup and his hand slipped. The cup shattered on the floor in a dozen pieces. Please, sir, you must help me. I'm going to die in seven days. Please, I don't want to die. I lit a candle as he shakily settled down into a chair, muttering a few prayers of good fortune to my patron goddess Guan Yin. I knew this was going to be a long night. My girlfriend committed suicide this morning. I see. I'm sorry for your loss. It's my fault. It's all my fucking fault. I shouldn't have. His voice cracked again, and I handed him a box of tissue paper. I'm afraid I don't know your name, Mr. Yang, he breathed. Look, Mr. Shen, I cheated on my girlfriend, and she somehow found out this morning. She sent me a text message and then jumped off a building dressed in red. I tensed. This was not a good sign. A person dressed in red before committing suicide would become a vengeful spirit. In seven days, the spirit would return to the land of the living and seek revenge on the person responsible. What did she tell you? She told me she would never forgive me and that she would come back to haunt me, even in death. I see. What happened after? I can't sleep, Mr. Shen. Whenever I close my eyes, I will see her. Vengeful spirits are especially difficult to deal with. Usually I try to negotiate with the spirits, offering them prayers and gifts. But if push comes to shove, I would not hesitate to confront them directly. I'm going to perform a powerful cleansing ritual, Mr. Yang. If this doesn't get rid of her, nothing will. I handed Mr. Yang a bundle of incense sticks and lit them. The moment his hands touched the sticks, however, they rapidly decayed and crumbled away. Mr. Yang, I sighed as I laid back in my chair. I'm afraid I can't help you. Your girlfriend wants your life. Even I cannot stop her without risking my own. However, I said thoughtfully, that does not mean we cannot fool her. Upon hearing this, Mr. Yang's eyes lit up with hope. You're saying there's another way? Your girlfriend committed suicide. Her body is stiff from rigor mortis, and her spirit remains trapped in that state as well. I don't understand. She remains stiff, as in being able to move around, but unable to bend down. Only after her vengeance is complete can she finally move freely. This is a common feature among a vengeful spirit that was wrong before death and a weakness we can exploit. I wrote his name and date of birth on a straw doll and asked for a sample of his hair. A few incantations later, the doll had been infused with a sliver of Yang's life energy. On the seventh day, just before midnight, you will put this doll on the bed. This doll will serve as a decoy and the ghost is likely to attack it instead of you. However, it is also possible that she'll see through our little trick. Therefore, your best bet is to hide. You will hide under your bed and no matter what happens, you will stay there until dawn. Why the bed? Why not the closet or somewhere else? I told you, the ghost cannot bend itself in any way. Hiding under the bed is the safest way to get you out of this mess. He nodded vigorously. I understand, Mr. Shen. She will create illusions. She will pretend to be your parents, your friends, or someone you know. Do not come out from under your hiding place no matter what. Nor should you make any sound indicating where you are. I'll do as you ask, Mr. Shen. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. You saved my life. Not yet, I warned sternly. You must follow these instructions very closely. A single mistake can get you killed. He kept thanking me on the way out. So long as he doesn't do anything stupid, I was pretty sure he would make it out alive. After all i dealt with similar cases before. Oh, how wrong I was. Exactly seven days later, a local police investigator, whom I know, visited my shop and asked me for assistance. He told me that Mr. Yang was found dead in his apartment this morning, his horribly mangled body hidden underneath the bed. No signs of an intruder were found. We found the doll, the investigator said, holding up the straw decoy in a plastic bag. He consulted you a few days prior to his death, apparently. Yes. I racked my brains in utter confusion. My plan was supposed to have worked perfectly, as it always did. What the hell went wrong? I filled the inspector in on Yang's story. He visibly paled when I mentioned he was supposed to hide under the bed. The inspector shook his head. You shouldn't have let him do that. Why? He probably didn't tell you. Or maybe he didn't know, anyway. His girlfriend committed suicide. Yeah, yeah, he told me that. By jumping off a building. She hit the ground. Head first. I froze in shock. She jumped off the building. She hit the ground, head first. I felt chills up my spine as I imagined Yang's last moments, hiding under the bed, hoping that the vengeful spirit won't find him until he found himself face to face with his girlfriend's mangled face upside down because she had hit the ground head first.
1: I will say first reaction is definitely not true. not de- Because before we were uh recording we both kind of speculated on if each of our respective stories were real or fake i'm gonna put a hard fake vote in and also hard american written vote in just based on like the kind of dialogue the kind of like the what the hell the what the fuck i'm like all right that's an american like ain't nobody talking like that in taiwan but no that's pretty good that's a nice little twist at the end Head first. Although I'm also kind of like, mm, where's is this? Is there like a lot of, s- not scientific, but is there a lot of like evidence of some sort to back the whole spirit stay in the position that their body Died in thing, because that doesn't really sound like something I've ever heard of.
0: I don't really know either. Um, I did try to troll a little the user's profile first to see, like, because I was like, oh, this is an interesting story. Let me see if there are other stories. And I think they are in Taiwan. There's, like, a lot of, like, video game posts about Taiwan stuff. But it's unclear because I feel like it could be something that is based loosely on a true story like you know how hollywood is like it's based on a true story but yeah i don't really know the superstitions around like how how someone is as they die i mean there is you know like a lot of the ghost stories regarding ghost origins are usually about the state of which the person died so it's like if a person died in like horrible anger or sadness or depression like that energy is manifest in the ghost so that there is some sense of like the way that a person passes affects the type of ghostly being that they are but from a physical perspective i also am not aware that there is any superstition that says like a person that passes a certain way cannot like physically move although it is kind of one of those i feel like it's one of those hokey things where it's like some kind of wordplay and you're like oh okay i understand it but in this case the story is all in english so you're like missing that piece of it
1: Um, also want to give credit to the person?
0: Yes. Username Palpatine58s.
1: Get it. Hey, whether it was real or not, it was well written. It was entertaining. Um.
0: And there was a twist at the end. There was
1: a twist. (laughs) My last, like, I'm still just so skeptical because, you know, I... We talked about this last episode, but like because I do believe in supernatural things existing generally in the world, I'm also prone to be more skeptical of what's like sounds fake because I know there's things that are real. But anyways, the part where the shaman was like, oh, like this will definitely work. I'm like, what mortal believes truly that they like so understand the afterlife and the way that spirits and like things that are not human would act in response to the way that like humans do something to them like there's no way it's not like (laughs) there's no just like for sure cause and effect thing because even like you know, we're reading stories from Asia. So it's not based in Christianity. But for example, like people that do subscribe to Christian faith and believe in demons and all that stuff, like exorcisms go wrong all the time, even if like, theoretically, the word of God crosses holy water and stuff are supposed to like do something to the
0: demons. So like, when the shaman was like oh this is like for sure work in seven days you'd be like totally fine i'm like all right bro well on the other hand i I don't know i've never done like a spiritualist thing in asia but i wonder if they there are like certain things where just they're just like oh yeah this is like the standard fix for for that like kind of when you go into like a chinese medicine shop and you're like oh i'm like depressed and like here let me get you like seaweed and like seahorse and like ginseng there you go you'll be cured
1: Hey listeners, wondering how you can support us? The biggest way is by increasing our visibility by following us on Instagram at Where Are You From Pod on TikTok at But Where Are You Really From, subscribing to our YouTube channel under But Where Are You Really From Podcast, rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, and telling your friends. The more people we can get to listen to the show, the more we can continue spotlighting different perspectives and stories. And if you feel so inclined, we're also accepting donations at BuyMeACoffee.com/WhereAreYouFrom. Thanks, y'all. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's, like, a basic kind of, like, oh, these have worked in many cases. But I would never believe that, like, something will just definitively work every time with something that's supernatural. Like, that just seems like a huge assumption to be making. Okay, well, I really wanted to find one based in Japan because you know, we spent so much time in Japan and whatever, but, like, honestly, I feel like because people are so, like, people like Japan so much, it's almost, like, too hokey now. Like, all the stories are, like, kind of basic. So I found one based in Korea because we also spent quite a bit of time in Korea. This one is called My First Day as a Taxi Driver in Korea. And it's posted also in our No Sleep, but it's by deleted. So I can't even give credit to this person. But yeah, here we go. Date April 2nd, 2017. Location Daejeon, South Korea. Earnings approximately $880 when converted from Korean won. I moved to South Korea around a year ago. The main reason for the move was because I had a wife and kid, and I was not making enough money. Originally, moving to Korea was never an option, but one day, my mother and father called me and told me that if I moved to Daejeon South Korea, they would provide us with an apartment and plane tickets. They would continue to support us until I started to make enough money to support ourselves. When we first got to Korea, I managed to get a job as an editor at a small conference organizing company. The money wasn't great, but they promised me a raise after working there for a year. When they refused to give me a raise after working there for a year, I packed up my personal belongings and quit the job. I thought I would be able to quickly find another job, but learned that finding a job in Daejeon is almost impossible. Three days ago, an old coworker of mine contacted me and told me that a local taxi company he started working for would be willing to give me a shot. He asked me if I was interested, and without a second of hesitation, I accepted the offer. I know most taxi companies charge an upfront fee to rent the taxi for the night, but the company he worked for was a little different. They took just 20% of your earnings, which meant that they were more selective about the people they hired on. But luckily, my ex-coworker, Jung Suk put in words of praise about my work ethic and told them I was completely fluent in Korean. This morning, I woke up, got dressed, ate a quick breakfast, kissed my wife and baby goodbye, and rushed out to my car. After I typed in the address Jungsook gave me, I drove the five minute distance to the office where I would pick up the taxi cab. When I got there, I took a couple of deep breaths and walked into the building. Everything about the building was dirty. The glass entrance doors were covered with a thin film of dust, the carpet in the office was tan with use, and the lady behind the counter was wearing a shirt that looked like it hadn't been washed for months. Ignoring her stench, I gave her my best smile and gave my name. Without a word, she got off of her chair and bent down. She stayed in that position for what seemed like minutes. I started to ask her if she was okay, but she stood back up and handed me a key before telling me the license plate number of the car I was using for the day. I gave her a nod and walked outside with the key in my hand. When I found the car I was going to use, I got a little excited. For the past year, I drove around my mother's 15-year-old car, but seeing the almost brand new Kia K5, I jumped into the driver's seat and started up the engine. After hearing the soft purr of the engine, I started to drive around the city and waited for the dispatcher to give me my first job. Before I got my first job, I saw an old lady standing outside of an e-mart, our equivalency to Walmart. I stopped the car and she slowly got in. She was carrying a small brown bag. When I asked her where she needed to go, she calmly said, Drive me around town. Let me relive my memories. I will give you 1 million Korean won, around $880. I shrugged my shoulders and started to drive around the city. For the first two hours, she was silent. She just looked outside and sighed occasionally. Right as we passed by a movie theater, she yelled, Stop! I slammed on the brakes and she looked at the building before saying, My old high school used to be here. This is where I first met my husband. He passed away 30 years ago. I tried to think of what to say back to her, but my thoughts were disrupted by a soft whisper coming from the back seat. I turned around to see if she was trying to tell me something, but her lips were closed. Yet, the whispering continued. After a couple of seconds, the whispering became a soft-spoken voice, and then to screaming. My man! My man! My man! The old woman covered her ears and started to scream at me. I didn't know what she was saying, but I quickly drove away from the movie theater. Once we were out of the parking lot, the voice stopped, and the woman was quietly sitting in the back seat again. For the next hour, I drove around the other side of the city. As I started to get comfortable, I felt a hand grab my shoulder. I panicked and stopped the car in the middle of the road and turned around. The old woman said, turn around, I'll tell you when to stop. I took a U-turn and slowly drove until she told me to stop in front of a pizza restaurant. She pointed at the entrance to the pizza restaurant and said, my husband was found outside of the restaurant he owned. He was stabbed 12 times. I see it is some sort of bread restaurant now, but he used to create the most wonderful meats. People would come from all over the country to see how good his food really was. No one ever left with a sign of disappointment. That is what made it so surprising. I asked her, what happened? She sighed and said, he was found outside of his restaurant with 12 stab wounds. He was still breathing when the paramedics came and picked him up. But on the way to the hospital, he passed away. They told me that the last thing he said was, She stopped speaking, but a voice came from right in front of me. Did you ever eat at my restaurant? She closed her eyes and slowly took a couple of deep breaths. With a whisper, she said, I can still smell the meals he created. Scared out of my mind, I started to pull out of the restaurant. Right as I started to exit out of the parking lot, a man's voice screamed out, stop. I ignored the voice and drove out of the parking lot as quick as I could. I was done. I didn't care about the money anymore. I tried asking her where she wanted me to drop her off, but she ignored me and continued to stare out the window. Not really having any other option, I started to drive her back to the e-mart I picked her up from. On the way to e-mart, she asked, Can you please just go to one last place? I promise it's the last location. I gave her a a half-hearted nod and she gave me a weak smile before saying, Take me to Smart City Apartments. I plugged in the address into the GPS and breathed a sigh of relief when I saw that it was only three minutes away. Two minutes later, I stopped in front of a red light. We were just 300 meters away. I turned around to tell the woman we were close by, but the moment I looked at her, I couldn't help it. I threw up all over her. She was looking at me, but her skin started to flake off of her face. I looked away and took a couple of breaths before I tried opening my door. The door wouldn't open. I desperately clicked the unlock button, but the car was jammed shut. The combination of fear and stress overwhelmed me, and I started to scream while punching the steering wheel of the car as hard as I could. In the middle of my fit, the woman grabbed my shoulder. I tried prying her hand off of me, but her hand stayed glued to my shoulder. With a voice filled with desperation, I screamed, Please, just leave. Don't pay me. I don't care. Just get out. She whispered after I stopped screaming, We're almost there. I'll leave you when you get there. I turned around and looked at her one last time. Exposed flesh littered across her face. Bits of her facial bone were exposed as well as a couple of her teeth. Choking back another fit, I turned towards the road, put the car back into drive, and drove the rest of the way to the apartment. When we got there, I said, get out. She said, thank you, and I heard the car door open and close. I turned around to see her walk away, but I didn't see anyone there. Instead, I saw the paper bag still lying on the seat. I grabbed it and opened the bag. Inside the bag was a huge wad of cash and a couple of small newspaper clippings of just headlines. Local restaurant owner Kyung Suk Lee stabbed to death. Deceased restaurant owner's secret ingredient was human meat. Past lover of the cannibal cook Kang Eun Kim found dead outside of old high school. Wife of Kyung Suk Lee, Eun Hae Lee, is responsible for the murders of Kyung Suk Lee and Kang Eun Kim. Eun Hae Lee found dead. Possible suicide. On the last newspaper clipping I saw in small handwriting, wait in front of E-Mart in the Dunsan area on April 2nd, 2017. There will be a taxi that will pick you up. I tried Jung but he did not pick up any of my four phone calls. The money was nice, but I was still scared out of my mind. I dropped the taxicab and informed the woman working at the front desk that there was some throw up in the back seat. She gave me a grin and said that usually happens with our first-time drivers. It's been four hours since my shift ended. Jung-suk sent me a text two hours ago. I know it's scary right now, but the money's good. You working tomorrow? I haven't responded back. I don't know what I want to do. The money's good, but seriously, who the fuck was I driving around all day?
0: Oh my god. What? Is this like like a taxi service for ghosts or some shit like that? I guess
1: so, yeah. That's what they're implying because it was written on one of the newspapers, like Be Here be at this place at this date and there will be a taxi waiting for you and the receptionist seemed to understand that
0: like everyone gets freaked out who drives their taxis oh so icky eating at a restaurant where the secret ingredient was other people's meat and it was and it was famous oh my gosh that would be that would be so much
1: I tried to Google a little bit to see if this was real, but it's kind of hard because I feel like even if it were real, trying to search in English on Google is like not going to find the thing versus maybe I'll ask my Korean friend to search in Korean or something.
0: Yeah, I mean, you've been there for a little bit. Like, do they believe in ghosts there? Like, what's the ghost culture?
1: They believe in ghosts. Yeah. I mean, Korean people make really good ghost movies also. The thing is, like, Korean culture, not that I'm an expert, but I know it's, like, a little fuzzy because they do have shaman-type things as well and, like, fortune-teller things. So there's certainly this more kind of, like, spiritual-slash-paganistic, I guess, like, ritual-type stuff. So I would imagine there's stuff related to ghosts around that whole culture. But Korea is also, like, very Christian now, so I don't really know how those things, like, coincide. But not to say, like, Christians also can believe in ghosts, so I don't know. But yes, I think generally it's not like there's a denial of ghosts.
0: Well, I thought this was a good story. I feel like it got to a horror peak faster than mine, which is, like, paranormal activity, all the horror was at the bo- at the end of it. So, yeah, I enjoyed this.
1: I got it more the second time because I'm like, there's kind of, like, t- so many twists and turns around here. So basically, like the first stop she made was in front of the high school and there was someone screaming, my man, my man, my man. So that ghost was supposedly the lover of the husband because she said she met her husband in high school, but I guess he also met the person he ended up cheating on with there. So that's why her ghost is hanging around there. And then she went to the restaurant and then it was the husband there. And then she very vaguely said that he died by being found with 12 stab wounds, but didn't mention that she's the one that (laughs) stabbed him. But yeah, those are our two stories. Happy Halloween, guys. I hope you enjoyed our Asia-based themed stories. Uh, If you have a personal story or a friend of a friend story, we'd love to hear it, especially if it has anything to do with Asia location-wise. If not, it doesn't have to be Asia. If you have a spooky story, we'd love to hear it. Yeah, spooky season's here. So write us a comment wherever you're currently watching this or listening to this on Spotify, whatevs. Let us know. We'd love to see your story. And come back next week because we'll have another not spooky themed episode for you then. And until then, Zaijian, bitches.